Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up Chihuahua on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Much, my friend. How are we doing today? Free Chick-fil-A for everybody last night. Free Chick-fil-A okay. at the arena. Okay, now somebody explain yeah. this to me like I'm, like I'm five. What, what has to happen for people to get free Chick-fil-A? I think you got to miss two free throws. Is somebody that, has to miss two free throws. Two free throws in a row. In a row. Yeah. Okay, Mitch is, Mitch is... So when Kevin Quarter missed a free throw, the crowd starts to go crazy. They get Even KD got involved. Okay. Even KD's pumping, and Quarter, who's a good free throw shooter, misses the second one. <laughs> and uh, free Chick-fil-A. Does it count when a Suns player misses two free throws? No. I can't imagine. No. Ever. Okay. No, right. nobody's going to get excited I mean, for it. I knew there was a Chick-fil-A. I knew it had something to do with something. How's that no. for brilliant analysis? I knew it had something to do with something. I just didn't know what the something was. Yes. Now I know. Okay. So now when... <laughs> I understand why people get so excited. So excited. Missed two free throws. What was the, what was the I'm surprised they're not bring it out like the uh, like the ASU crew. Break it out of... The curtain of distraction. The curtain of distraction. <laughs> Try to get somebody to miss free throws. Ishmael said he wants fun. Right? Didn't it be a say? Like, hey, we're going to have a great right. atmosphere here. Let's you, do it. You're, Bring, on, you're on to something. A curtain of destruction for free Chick-fil-A. Distraction, not destruction. Distraction. Either or, honestly. Destruction. <laughs> it's uh, the curtain. I don't speak very well. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. But yet I talk I, for a living. Hey, Mitch? So it's funny, because I was sitting next to our compadre, Tyler Drake, last night, and he turns to me, of course, the beloved Kings fan that he is, he turns to me and he says, Kevin Herter, he's a terrible free throw shooter, misses the first one, and then he just gives me that look of like, you see, I was right, glazed eyes the whole time. And but then he's he such a good shooter. One. Is he a bad free throw shooter? I guess so. Like seventy percent from free throw line. He let me see. He's a career seventy. Last year he shot eighty one percent. Last okay. year. What's he shooting this year? What's it? What's seventy percent? Seventy percent for his career. Wow. Seventy six percent for his career. Oh, but he's, huh. such, but he's a good three point shooter. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, By the way, I'm not afraid of Sacramento at all after watching them last night. I'm not worried about them. <laughs> we'll talk, I'm not worried about no, them. We'll talk about them in a minute. I'm not worried Sacramento about them. Kings. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Bring it on. Uh, just real quick, just yeah. a, a note for Bickley Murata. Curtain of Destruction, possibly a good band name. Don't they always do that on the Bickley Murata show? Go through band names and Curtain, Curtain of Destruction. Destruction. Possibly a decent band name. Possibly. Now to the stage. Curtain of Destruction. COD. Oh, I like that, too. COD. None of this is our top story of the day. Here's what is our top story of the day on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Quote, Shane's a good coach, but Gannon's a star. He's smart, and his defense was really good this year. It's like the Eagles had two head coaches, close quote. What? <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? Philadelphia Inquirer column today from Marcus Hayes. I'm not familiar with him Marcus or Hayes. his work, but Marcus Hayes. He uh, loves himself some Jonathan Gannon. I was 
blown away when I read this. Now, this is, look, I, I'm going to qualify this probably at the beginning and again at the end. This is one guy. This is one guy's opinion. Largely the vibe coming out of Philly, Philly has been, Jonathan Yannon, you can take him. Have him. He's yours, right? Like, they're not that upset. Philly's fans don't seem to be upset that Jonathan Gannon isn't their defensive coordinator anymore. But in the Philadelphia Inquirer, Marcus Hayes, one of their columnists, headline, Eagles losing Jonathan Gannon will hurt even more than Shane Steichen. Wow. Quote, Shane's a good coach, but Gannon's a star. He's smart, and his defense was really good. It's like the Eagles had two head coaches. Close quote. Just blown away by that, right? Because all the, a lot of the talk that you were seeing is the Philly fans hated him. They really didn't like him. They wanted him to go. Steichen was the guy they couldn't afford to lose. But he makes an interesting point about how they're going to miss him a lot more. And he talked about how, you know, you know, Steichen had a lot of support around him. But look at what, look at the job that Gannon did in his time in Philadelphia. And he said, listen, almost all of the significant personnel losses will come on the defensive side of the ball. James Bradbury, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Epps, T.J. Edwards, uh, Kaiser White, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. He goes on and on and on. All the guys, seven of those players were starters. So they're going to lose not only their defensive coordinator, but they're going to lose all these key players too. And you're going to be bringing somebody else in. It's going to be very difficult for that guy to duplicate the success that the Eagles had this season. Yeah, now, and we're and keep in mind, we're not necessarily presenting this to you today as a C. This is a great hire kind of piece of evidence when it comes to this. Just a very counter-argument to everything we've heard so far about this hire specifically from Philly. Like, everything out of Philly has been, you know, kind of what I said a few minutes ago. Like, like they just they don't seem all that bummed to be losing a guy like that. The Philadelphia fans don't seem to be all that upset about it. Um, the quote, by the way, that I read was not the columnist. It was an NFL source familiar with the Eagles. He's the one who said it was like the Eagles who had two head coaches. The columnist wrote, most will delight that Jonathan Gannon stayed in Arizona to coach the Cardinals. This is exactly the opposite of how they should feel. Steichen was the product of his environment, a coalition of offensive minds whose synergy returned excellent results. Losing Gannon isn't just bad news for the Eagles. It's catastrophic. Lurie and Roseman know it. And and He called Gannon irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. He said Gannon is irreplaceable. That's fascinating, right? Because, you know, it's, it's all fascinating. There seem to be a lot of mixed reviews on him. I mean, you get to the point yesterday and you, you you get to the point where, like, look, he's the head coach. You got to give him a shot. We don't know. We don't know if this guy's going to flame out after the first year or two or if he's going to end up being one of the great young coaching minds in the league. We don't know, right? We just know that what he's done in Philadelphia. We know he's got a pretty good track record. He's been around the block a few times, that he's coached in a lot of different areas. That, you know, I said, yeah, I paid his dues. I mean, this guy paid his dues. For sure. And this is what he's worked for his whole life, and now he's got the opportunity, and let's hope he succeeds. I mean, it'd be great for the Cardinals. We know the Cardinals' track record with coaches isn't very good, mm-hmm. you know, as far as, you know, guys that, that come here and have success and don't get fired. But now you're getting a guy, and, uh, you know, whether they're going after Brian Flores or Dan Quinn or whatever it is, this is the guy they ended up with, and he's the coach. There's nothing you could do about it now. They're not going to change it. You've got to hope for the best. You do. And, and I think that's going to be a theme to a lot of our show today is that at the end of the day, at least for me, it's going to be a theme of the show. At the end of the day, we just don't know. 
We just we, we don't know. I mean, it's 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 a gamble. They're all kind of a gamble, right? To a certain, I mean, even Sean Payton to a certain extent, less of a gamble is a gamble. Less of a gamble, I would agree, because of the track record and the proven commodity. But even when the Cardinals were interviewing Sean Payton, I remember some people on Twitter saying, basically, you compare his record side by side, he's Mike McCarthy. Would you give up all that for Mike McCarthy? And that was kind of the counter argument to Sean Payton. So the, everybody's there's going to be a risk. There's going to be a gamble. There's no perfect hire. There's no perfect coach. And the truth of the matter is, you're right. We don't know. We, we, we don't. We have to hope for the best. And more than anything, I think what we have to hope for, at least what I hope for, truly, is that by flushing out just about everything from the organization prior, right? Steve and Cliff, and not that they did a bad job necessarily, but Vance and A-Dub and Harris and all those guys. No leftovers. But there's no, there's hardly any leftovers over there, right? By giving themselves this brand new canvas to paint on that they'll provide different results. And I said this yesterday too. The one, one of the things I do like about this, Monty and, and Gannon, come from organizations with histories of success. The Eagles, the Titans, the Patriots. There's culture that they're bringing with them, and that's what I have to kind of build my hopes on, that these things are going to work out okay for the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I agree with you that like a fresh start without any of the previous voices. Listen, the one constant that's still here is Michael Bidwell. Okay, whether that's a good or a bad, I don't know, but the one constant, take out the GM, take out A-Dub and Harris and all those guys. Michael Bidwell's still here. There's no doubt. And if you if Michael Bidwell is 100% committed to winning, then you have a better chance of winning. And if he's not, you don't. And, and look, there is, there's got to be a reason that several coaches did not want this job. There's got to be a reason that there were coaches that didn't even want to interview for the job. And other coaches who were offered the job and didn't even want the job. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something to that. You can't just brush that aside. Now, if it's one guy, if it's one guy, you might be okay. To one guy, he, for whatever reason, he didn't want to live in the desert, okay? He didn't want to live in the desert. It's 120 degrees in August. He doesn't want to be. But when it's four guys, five guys. I don't disagree What did we with find this. out about Brian Flores today? That he had a gut feeling that took him to Minnesota. But, it was, but he said he was offered the job here. Yeah, oh yeah, that he, that he turned them down. He yeah, that, turned them down. That, that he, he decided he wasn't going to And what happened with Dan job. Quinn? He, did the, he wanted to go back to Dallas. He and didn't want this job. He didn't want this job, yep. Yeah, like, and so D'Amico Ryans didn't even interview here, and Ian Cunningham didn't want to. In, so they're like that, you can't. Brush that aside and ignore no. that. You can't ignore that. And I'm not trying to. And I want to make sure everybody out there listening but, understands. But I'm that not. has everything to do with Bidwell and nothing to do with Steve Kime and Harris Absolutely. and A-Dub and those guys. That no matter how blank the canvas is, at the end of the day, the guy painting the picture is still the same, right? It's still Michael Bidwell. You're still but, painting on a canvas that the, that, that the one guy is, yeah. it's his canvas. And, and, I, and don't disagree. I'm just looking for reasons why, okay, it's time to get behind this. And one of the big reasons for me is I wanted them to go out and go clean slate. And they went clean slate. Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Weezer and Eddie Vedder, Green Day, The Offspring. It returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and February 26th. Go to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. To Gambo's point earlier in the segment, the Kings? We ain't afraid of the stinking Kings. What's next on the Burns and Gambo Show? 
Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Della Vadova inbounds it, and that'll do it. Suns win 120 to 109, the final score. They stay unbeaten in division play now, 9 0 against their Pacific Division foes. 32 and 27 on the season with their second straight win and fifth in their last six. It ain't so bad, Sacramento. Not a threat. No, but we never thought that they were. Not a threat. Did anybody really think that the Sacramento Kings were a threat? They're having a nice season. They're having a nice season. Pat them on the back, let them get to the first round, get knocked out of the playoffs. (laughs) Go home, end their 16-year playoff drought, and, you know, build for the future. That team's okay. That's an okay. They're watching them play last night. They're okay. They're fine. They got good play. got some good players, but they're not a a threat. They're not a threat. And and to your point, no, I don't think anybody really thought of them as a true threat in the Western Conference. I I tell you, more than the Suns went over the Kings last night, more than what that told us about the Kings. Okay. Man, you know how every year over the last couple of seasons, we've had these moments where we've come in here after a Suns game and we've said stuff like, that's my favorite win of the season. That's one of my favorite wins of the season. That's one of my five favorite... That is going to end up being one of my favorite wins of the season. That right? That that one... Okay, was... The amount of juice coming out of that game, the energy, and not just because KD was standing there, though that helped. Booker, amazing. Paul, amazing. Aiton, amazing. Koji, amazing. Fourth quarter, um, it was a live wire, man. That game last night was just like you could you could light a small city with the energy that the Phoenix Suns were playing with. I think some of that was because they were kind of showing off for KD a little bit, right? There was he brought that energy. Got what? What did Booker say after the game? Like two standing ovations, and he was just sitting on the bench in a beanie watching the game. Aiton played out of his mind. Booker, he's back. All right, that was his third game. He hadn't played with quite that level of intensity and energy. God, he was on fire last night. It was a great game. I take this in a different direction. I wouldn't say that's one of my favorite games, but that was one of my favorite plays in that game. Okay. When Booker, do we have that? Do we have that sound, Mitch? When Booker ripped the ball from Sabonis, just ripped it away from him. Just like, this is my ball. You're not, give me a ball. <laughs> Feeds a Koji. A Koji hits a three pointer. It's a 10 nothing run. The Suns are up 43 39. I didn't know if we had that sound or not, but it was a, a Koji had a fast break layup. Booker just rips the Sabonis. He's he's a big he's a he's a big he's strong guy. Now Sabonis goes into the lane and has it stripped away by Booker. He ripped the ball away. Now gives it to Okogi. Goes strong to the rim and lays it in. Suns got the bucket in transition that time, and it was set up by D. Book and finished by J. O. Yeah, I mean that was like David and Goliath. I mean, you know, he went in there and like you shot him with a stone or whatever it is with the what 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 did he shoot him with the, the the rock. Yeah, the rock. Yeah, I mean Sabonis has the ball. And Booker goes in there and grabs it, and he and he just Sabonis like, what the hell, <laughs> Devin Booker? I mean, you don't think a Booker is a strong guy? No, so not like that. A finesse no. player, he's not a physical player. He's a finesse player, but Sabonis is a big, strong guy. And and that play was just a great play. And it, it, and then right after that, Akoji hit a three pointer, and um, he just had a great game. But yeah, that was. T- and then Booker had this incredible dunk with eight minutes and thirty eight seconds left in the third quarter. He has this monster dunk. I mean, it's a turnover by Sacramento. Hurt is on him. He goes in and just oh, just with authority, he slammed that thing down. So there was some incredible plays that I really really liked in that game last night. And, and, and I'll tell you the reason why. I'm choosing that as one of my favorite wins. And not the favorite win of the season. Let's be honest. There haven't been a lot of moments like that so far this year. 
right? Like there, there haven't been. I mean, I understand the Suns are fourth in the West. They're not that far out of third. Hell, they're not that far out of second right now. But this season has mostly been a grind. It's mostly been a slog, right? You've been playing with a lot of without a lot of your key guys. Everybody's been hurt. You've been surviving more than anything else, especially the last month and a half. Last night. Like the Boston I'm, game without any of their players really a, stood out. Okay, for me. that was and I'm, I'm really sure, so they didn't have anybody. And I'm sure if I look back at the schedule, like I think of a, a Memphis game where they were missing a bunch of guys and they went into Memphis and they killed them by 25. Okay, that's a good one too. Last night was one of those games where you're watching it. At least I was watching it at home. And one, you could feel the energy even when you were at home. I wasn't in the building the way Mitch was, but you could feel the energy at home. And number two, you're watching it and you're thinking, can you imagine Kevin Durant out there with them? Can you imagine? Like, here's Chris Paul, season high in assists. Here's Devin Booker, easily getting 30 points. He didn't have to shoot one. He didn't even try a three-pointer last night. Didn't even attempt a three. Didn't, didn't, didn't attempt one. Here's DeAndre Ayton running the two-man game to absolute perfection with Chris Paul, getting easy basket after easy basket. And you're going to add Kevin Durant to that? You're gonna, I know. Th- th- and, you, and you start dreaming about what that's going to look like and how teams are going to try to stop that. And again, I don't think Sacramento's that good either. But you think about that team against the elite teams in the NBA, yeah. and it's hard not to love your chances. I mean, Chris, Paul had, Chris Paul had 58 assists last night. <laughs> it was, it was it unbelievable. Was so, I've never seen a guy with that many assists in a basketball was, game. He was two away from his career high. Think about his it. career high sixty. It's <laughs> incredible. He got fifty eight assists in one basketball that would be game. An NBA never record. Um, no, he had nineteen. But the point was, he had nineteen assists, and they were easy assists. Nineteen assists. It was just like, okay, here, da, here, go, whoop, you know, fifteen feet, piece of cake, and he had that. Right. And you know what? You know what we don't. You know what we're not talking about. Chris Paul was one of five from three pointers last night. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? You because, don't need him to score. Because the whole tone has changed. It's shifted. It's you don't need Chris Paul to be a scorer anymore. You were so reliant on Chris Paul being the scorer, or, or Mikel, oh my god, Mikel's got to be the scorer now, or DeAndre, who cares, I mean, I don't want to say who cares, but it doesn't matter as much, you got Kevin Durant, he's coming, he's going right. to be here in There's a week a, and a half. There was a video, I think the Suns put it out, somebody put it out, Kevin Durant, like, just shooting mid-range jumpers at practice yesterday, mm-hmm. He had, like, I don't know, every single one in the video. The video was a minute long. I think that long. might have been Kellen. I think Kellen might have been the one. Did Kellen, Kellen that? about that? Okay. It was just a video. I'm going to look at it right now if it was Kellen Olsen. But yeah, this is just a video of him just, just shooting shots. Yeah. Just shooting jump shots. And just and every single one of them went in. Like, there's not one that even clanked. It was it was pretty impressive. And Devin Booker talked about the energy playing in front of Kevin Durant. Yeah. I mean, I was watching him more than anything. You know, I don't think people realize what it is until, until you're in it. And, you know, I think you got two steps innovations um, and it's not going to be the last one so you know he, he deserves that he's a legend in this game first ballot Hall of Famer everything all the way down the list MVP and you know I'm glad he's here you know, hopefully he can call this home one day and you know rock out here the rest of the time Monty I, thought, I heard it but I heard it too late so I thought it was somebody in the crowd that they were talking about and then I realized they, <laughs> they were introducing Kevin <laughs> tells you how yeah, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave just that alone. Just not used to a guy 34 years old being in his prime, but that's 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 athletics today. That's sports today. You know, when we, the 70s, the 80s, and even parts of the 90s, you were past your prime. You know, your prime was 27 to 32. And then when you were in your mid-30s, you were past, but now guys take better care of their bodies. The nutrition is better. The stretching is better. The the training is better. Like, everything's better. And guys have extended their prime. Yeah. 
Like it used to, you used to think a player's prime was over at 32, and that's not the case anymore. A player's prime is much different than what we knew. A player's prime could go to 35, 36, 37 years old now. It's if they take good care of themselves. DeAndre Ayton um, has been incredible. A third time in his last five games, he's had more than 25 points on 75% shooting okay. or better. He, he's, he, he's, he looks gonna, different. He's going to feast. Well, okay, he looks different. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And I, I think we had that poll question like a week ago. Who is this going to impact the most, Kevin Durant's arrival? I mean, Kevin Durant, man, you... How can you not want to play your absolute best, your absolute hardest when you're playing in front of Kevin Durant, right? Like, I mean, you shouldn't need that as a carrot for anybody in this league. No, but, but you want to show him, hey, you, you made the right decision yeah. coming here. DeAndre We're Eaton good. is a We're guy good. who's needed carrots from time to time, right? Who, who's needed a little bit of motivation from time to time. Man, KD might be the ultimate motivation for him. He played so great last night. He was, I mean, DeMontis Sabonis, he... <laughs> Trucked him, man. He was just he was he, Sabonis wasn't half the player DA was no. last night. Sabonis's numbers, His numbers like, were good. in the end were good, but like, except for one, he had twenty four points, fifteen rebounds, and seven assists. But they were a minus nineteen with him on the floor. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it two ways. You go, oh, Sabonis had twenty four, fifteen, and seven. That's great. No, they were minus nineteen when he played. Yeah, minus nineteen. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. Subscribe right now like you would for any of your favorite podcasts you listen to on your iPhone or your Android. We promise you'll never miss any of our shows. The Burns and Gambo Show. It's brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Now the Cardinals have their GM and their head coach. It's time to focus on the number three pick in the NFL. NFL draft, and we'll do that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, got Eric Ruby here with us on this Wednesday. He's got our Twitter poll question of the day. Rubes, take it away. Last night's Suns game was entertaining to say the least, and of course, they're still adding Kevin Durant. So the question today is are they unequivocally the best team in the NBA? Yes or no? And we broke down no in a couple different options, but I'll just leave it as yes or no to you guys right now. You guys uh, see that there was another NBA game last night? Yeah, the one where the Bucs mm. beat the Celtics in overtime and the, Drew Holiday had 40 points. Yes. That one? The Celtics about without Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Yeah, okay. Shorthanded Celtics against the Bucks in a hell of a game. The answer's not yet. The answer is not yet. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to lean into my son's fandom here. You know, like I, like some people would lean away from it. I'm going to lean into it here. And I'm going to say the answer is no, only because I don't want to mess with the basketball don't gods jinx right it. now. I, it's not a jinx thing necessarily. It's just one. I don't want to come out here and thump in my chest, pretending like I'm on top of a mountain that no. I'm not on top of. I, I'm going to be full on semi-superstitious Suns fan here and say, no, they're not the best team in the NBA no. right now. The Celtics lost to the Bucks in overtime. They didn't have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, or Al Horford. And they lost in overtime to the Bucks. The Celtics are the best team in the NBA. Well, Bernsey, if you're leaning in one direction, the other fans are leaning in the opposite direction. 68.9% are thumping their chest saying, hey, they got Kevin Durant. The Suns are the best team in the NBA. But the telling part here, 
is that the Celtics and the Bucks, we put them in one answer and no. That's 25.7% going for Celtics or the Bucks as the best team in the NBA. Practically nobody is going for any other Western Conference team. So it's all either Suns or the two teams from the East. Correct. Totally but, agree. But totally nuggets, agree. Totally. Nuggets and Grizzlies as an option, and then other as an option, which you could include the Clippers, you could include Grizzly the, or not the, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies and the other one. Basically, the 76ers in the East, those two combined have 5% of this poll. 68.9% are on the Suns, 25.7% are on the top two teams in the East. I'd be so pissed off if I was a Nuggets fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this is our year. Mitch. This is our This is our year. What? <laughs> <laughs> see Mitch on the other no, like, side. No, I got these soap. Like, this is, like, <laughs> up until the Suns got Duran, you're like, this is our year. The Warriors stink. The Suns are injured. Chris Paul's old. Like, this is, this is our, then the Suns get Kevin Duran. You're like, never mind. It's just <laughs> like, <laughs> you rang? <laughs> yes, Mitch, we rang. In <laughs> fairness, we're both looking for our first Larry O'Brien. So, if we it's going to be someone else, I'd uh, rather it be y'all. But, well, thank you. We, we, we do appreciate He's already that. giving up. He's not even fighting for the Nuggets anymore. Well, he's he's a realist. He's a smart guy, that Mitch. He understands what's I going don't. on. I'm not going to make proclamations like John Morant right now. If you either. didn't watch Dan Issel and Alex English play, are you really a Nuggets fan? Dikembe was drafted by the Nuggets. Dikembe, yeah, of Sonics. course. I'm yeah. sure Burnsy remembers that one. Oh, I remember that one well. I was working in Seattle when Denver beat Seattle in that best of five. When the 8-1 one. The 8-1. Matumbo on the ground holding the ball like it was the Holy Grail or something. It was... That was and I was just laughing at all those Sonics fans up there because I hated the Sonics. Hated them. And it was like, yeah, you guys got yours. You got yours. It was great. It was awesome. Uh, where were we? Oh, that's the poll question. You can find <laughs> where, it on the poll. Where were we? No idea. I don't know where we were at. We just got lost down a hole. All right. So the Cardinals have their GM. Cardinals have their coach. Tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., we're going to be introduced to Jonathan Gannon. We've already got introduced a little. We saw his Twitter video yesterday. We saw him you know, meeting Kyler Murray for the first time in the weight room. Now, look, there's... There are lots of things to happen between now and the draft. He's got to hire an OC. He's got to hire a staff. Free agency starts in about a month. So there'll be players that will be signed and decisions that will be made. You made a plea yesterday for the Cardinals to at least consider some of the guys Go that get in and use the coach in Philadelphia. Seven right? starters of free agents on the Eagles. Go get some of those guys. Go get some of those guys. You got a little cap space right now. You got a little cap space. Go get some of those Eagles players. Guys that know Gannon, know his systems, that could. You want to have that guy, you know. Yeah. Now, you know, I mean, like I, I could go back, right? Didn't Buddy Ryan bring in a bunch of like Eagles guys when he got here? It didn't really Clyde work. Clyde Simmons, Seth Joyner, right? Clyde Simmons, know. Seth Joyner. Uh, I, a little bit different, but I think you should go after some of those guys that know his system, know how to play it, and could also be a voice to the players outside of just being the head coach. But eventually, they will get to the draft. And today, Todd McShay released his post Super Bowl mock drafts. Of course, we click on these with great interest because of the Cardinals and where they're sitting at number three. And I do wonder, now that we know the Cardinals are going to have a defensive head coach, or at least a coach with a defensive background, does that increase our desire to see them take one of the top two defensive players in this draft, which we all expect they'll have the opportunity to do, or do we want them to trade down? McShay does have a trade in his mock draft, but it's at the top. He's got the Bears moving down from one, the Colts moving up from four. So one to four for the Bears. Colts take Bryce Young from Alabama. He's got the Texans taking C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. He's got the Cardinals taking Will Anderson Jr. He's got the Bears taking Jalen Carter, number four. Okay. Interesting on this mock draft, he's got 
four quarterbacks in the first round. He's got Bryce Young going one to the Colts, like you just mentioned. C.J. Stroud going two to the Texans. He's got Will Levis going seven to the Raiders. And then Anthony Richardson going number nine to the Carolina Panthers. I've, now, we seen, know this. I've seen a few of those. We know this all along. I mean, there's going to be four quarterbacks taken. It's just That's just the way it is. It, it doesn't start out that way, but it always ends up that way. Yeah, I, I, and, and I, I think that's how it's... You're right. That's how it's going to end it, up. Yep, that's just the NFL draft. Yeah, teams need quarterbacks. Teams reach for quarterbacks. Teams yeah. this year especially, man. You look at those teams in the top 10 of the draft. More than half of them, 60% of them, 70% of them need quarterbacks, right? The I, other I mean, thing is that Richardson is just... The, guy hasn't, the guy's got 13 college starts. He's got the size, 6'4", 232. And, um, you know, he's one of those guys... You, you feel like there's a lot of potential there, but he just does not have a lot of experience. But the Panthers, like, think about how bad that quarterback situation was last year at Carolina. Like, they need to go get a guy, so it does make some sense. Do you think the hiring of Jonathan Gannon in any way changes the philosophy going into the draft of the It's a Cardinals? good question. It's a good question. It is. It is. Um, his expertise is that side of the football, and you have a chance to get, you know, and, and and you have a chance to go get a generational type of player. Like you do, you have a chance to get one of those two players in Anderson or Carter. It might, like it might, I can't say no for sure. I like you all along. I was like, I'd rather trade the... I'm, I'm into trading the pick if I don't move down to 15, 13, 14. If I can move down, like with the Bears, I move down to four. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could move within there and still get one of the top players at their position, I don't like, I think once you move outside of the top 10, you're no longer getting the best, you're not getting the best offensive lineman. You're not getting the best cornerback. You're not getting the best defensive lineman. You're not getting the best edge rusher. So I think if you could stay in that top 10 range, okay, maybe you don't get an edge rusher, but maybe you get the best offensive lineman. Maybe you get the best cornerback. So I think there there is a benefit to just staying within a certain range, but it's a very fair question. You hired a defensive guy. This defense, you know, doesn't have a pass rush. It doesn't have a pass I rush. I was thinking about you when I saw this mock because that was one of the first things you thought was the most important thing for Gannon to do. Develop when he got a here. pass Develop, rush. Okay, that's Will Anderson Jr. Yeah. Right? I mean, at least it should be if he's if he's the next. Vaughn Miller, like a lot of people think, it's awfully hard to look your fan base dead in the eye and say, we passed on the next Vaughn Miller. But you don't know if yeah, he is or not. Yeah, I'd, You'd have to see. Like we, we don't know what, you know, you can't just say, I want them to trade down without like knowing where they're trading down to. So like, that, it's just, I want the Cardinals to take the pick at three or I want them to trade down. Well, trade down to where? Yeah. The question is where. That's I mean, why I like your range. I, I think I think moving out of the top ten and now you're getting into, to your point, second best this, second best that. I'd rather move like to me, the bare bones minute is like eight. I don't know if I'd want to go any further than eight. Cause I I I don't know where the line is in this draft, but I think at eight, you're relatively assured of I'm gonna get the very best corner in this draft. I'm going to get the very best offensive lineman. And it's got to be positions of strength, right? Because like corner and offensive line or defensive, you know, edge rusher and certain positions are, are stronger in this draft than others. There are certain positions that are really weak in this draft. Are you saying they shouldn't take an inside linebacker? Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm you know what? They don't Take a wide receiver. What the hell? Oh, I mean, God, we've, we've already allocated so many resources to that position over the last three you years. Had, uh, why not? Let's do it again. Can you I throw a tight end, tight end in there as well? Sure, why not, right? You had a mock draft yesterday that was 
intriguing. We didn't talk about it at all. But it was a mock draft that had the first round, the second round, the third round, and maybe right even here. the fourth. I got it right here. And in, in that mock draft, it did have the Arizona Cardinals taking a wide receiver. It did. Uh, not it, not the first round. No, it, it, it had it had a similar kind of situation. By the way, it had the it had the Texans picking one, the Colts picking two. They actually had the Bears trading twice, moving from one to two, and then from two to four. But at the end of the day, it had Jalen Carter going number three to the Cardinals, and it was a three round mock. It had uh, Dewan Jones, offensive tackle from Ohio State, in the second round. Cedric Tillman, wide receiver out of Tennessee, in the third round. Garrett Williams, corner, corner in the third round with that comp pick. Are you telling me they're going to come away with a corner, an offensive lineman, and a defensive guy, like an edge rusher or um, lineman? Like, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want want a skill position player in the first two to three rounds. I really don't. I don't want that guy. You need nuts and bolts football players. Well, right now you've got a you've got to build in the trenches, yeah, offensive line time. and defensive line. Big big time. The 35th annual Arizona Renaissance Festival. It's begun. The Renaissance Festival it lasts each weekend until April 3rd. We're giving you the chance to win a family four pack of tickets. Visit the contest page at arizonasports.com. You'll get all the details you need and you'll see your chance to win as well. So the Phoenix Suns today officially added Terrence Ross. Could it signal the end for a fan favorite? We'll talk about that coming up here on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. No Red Sox. Like, I get money in that. You're on the air. Oh, we're on the air. <laughs> we're just discussing the MLB package. We, <laughs> me, hit me, Burnsy, and his kid. We split it, right? But his stinking kid always puts the Red Sox at the homepage. So I always switch it to the Yankees. Then, it goes, then a day later, he makes it the Red Sox. Then I make it the Yankees. And so we've decided, I told Burnsy, listen, if I'm paying... Like I want to say in this, we'll, we'll just make it the D-backs. We, I love the D-backs. The D-backs are the homepage. So that way he doesn't put the Red Sox because his kid likes the Red Sox. It'll be the homepage. You just won't get to watch the D-backs using MLB.tv. Uh, That's just the only downside. so glad you didn't curse or say something I know. here. You shouldn't have because I, I put on the headphones and all that. The blanket kid what, of yours why, always changes why, it. Why am I hearing Gambo in my head? Oh, that's yeah. why. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure. Well, I mean, you're, we agree it'll be the Diamondbacks. Look, the, 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 the great thing about this mm-hmm. is that you'll have an opportunity to confront him about this personally in about a week and a half. Yeah. At the wedding. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly the conversation he's going to want to have with you at my son's wedding. I won't fill out the check until I talk to him (laughs) at the wedding. I'll bring the card with the checkbook. Jake, we have an agreement that you're not going to put the the Red Sox on the homepage? Yes or no? I'm about to fill out this check for your wedding right now. He's trying to have a checkbook. And Gambo's just there. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, We got got to talk about this. I I know you're trying to dance with your bride, but I got to talk about this. It's going to be the Red Sox. It's going to be the Yankees. It's going to be training starting soon. (laughs) (laughs) See, right now, right now, our MLB package that we split, it's the D-backs on the page. Yes. That's good. I love the D-backs. So as long as it's D-backs, I'm good. And he and he does too. Okay. I'll just I'll make yeah. sure there's no shenanigans between. No shenanigans. I, I do think it's kind of fun between behind the scenes watching you, you constantly change who my favorite yeah, team every is. Day on my MLB cha- app. Every day it changes. <laughs> if I get on it and I see Red Sox, I change it right away. <laughs> but you holding your wedding gift hostage until so Jake be. agrees to your mm-hmm. terms, that's outstanding. I might post date the check <laughs> until the season ends. <laughs> yeah, Jake, here's your wedding check. It ends on October. 
first. That's outstanding. The check. That's outstanding. I can always change it. <laughs> I'm post-dating it, too. Uh, yeah, the, the, big, um, the big wedding is one week from this Saturday. With that. Oh, boy. Yes. What are you kids? Is married? Married. Jeez. Married. Yes. One of them is getting married. You know, it's actually going to be a grandpa next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, we don't know that officially, but I can't imagine that's that far behind. Yeah. That'll be, boy, that'll be a trip, right? Grandpa Grandpa Dave on the air. <laughs> Look, if the Greeks have taught me anything, Windex fixes everything. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. That's kind of what Windex? I thought. You want to explain it to him? I don't get that. Have you seen My Big Fat Greek Wedding? No. Oh, you it's like the grandpa goes everywhere. He's like, oh, just it's Windex. Just use this. Yeah. Oh, you- I did date a Greek girl once. Vic, uh, Vicky Papasemakis. That was her last name. Vicky Papasemakis. But she looked Italian. My parents had no idea. We just changed the name to Papano or something so they wouldn't know. Greece, Italy on a map. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, relatively. Yeah. You know, kind I, of yeah. Part of the world. Yeah, Vicky Papasemakis. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let me know how that conversation with Jake goes at the wedding. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to be a part of it. I'd love to be there for that. But but it's going to be a busy night. So right. we'll see how that goes All down. Right. Um, let's talk it? more about the Suns. They beat the Kings last night, one twenty one oh nine, And they made it official today. Terrence Ross. It was funny. We joked about it yesterday before. Monty. During our show. Monty. It's like, uh, yeah, when we try to fit in Terrence, and then he kind of stops. Like, Am I allowed to talk about Terrence well, Ross yet? Mention Terrence yeah, Ross. You're not yeah. quite allowed to talk about him. They yet. officially signed him, so they officially signed Terrence Ross. The big question now for the roster. Okay, so they've dipped into the buyout market. They got themselves a little bit of Terrence Ross, right? And we'll see when he makes mm-hmm. his debut and how much he plays. The Phoenix Suns now have one roster spot left on the 15-man roster. Yeah. They want to go add somebody else via the buyout market. I suppose they could, but they've got one game left before Ish Wainwright has to be converted from his two-way contract to a contract that lasts for I the rest of the season. I can't imagine they don't do that. He's been, he plays good minutes. He's a valuable player. He's, you know, he's he, he, he'll shoot the three. He D's guys up. He plays with a lot of heart and energy. He's exactly the type of player that James Jones has respect for. You know, those role players that come in and just bust their ass to do whatever you ask them to do. Ish Wainwright does whatever you ask him to do. Yeah. And if you look at his minutes, I mean, he's, he seems to be a valuable guy. I can't imagine that they don't convert him. The only thing would be if they had a chance to get somebody who they really feel like, okay, this guy could really make a difference for us in some playoff games. But I don't know that you, I don't like, what do they need now? What do they need? They, like, like they have all the scoring in the world. They don't need They that. don't need scoring. You don't need scoring anymore. I mean, you'll never replace Mikel Bridges, but they could always use a wing defender. A wing defender, which is why the kid didn't get in the game last night. I, I know. Huh? He did not get nope. in the game. Darius Baisley, Baisley didn't get in the game. TJ Warren only played, what, seven minutes? Seven minutes. Eight minutes when yeah. it was all said and done. Got in the game, hit a three-pointer. Then he had a spinning basket where he spun, made a nice little spin move. But he only played seven minutes. I was really, it was charting that last night. I was charting the, when he came in, when he came out, when he came back in, just to see what he get. But the Baisley kid didn't play at all. Yeah. No, he didn't. Um, I, I, I agree with you about Ish. I, to me, this is... It's a no-brainer. It, it's a no-brainer. You, 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 He's been I, good for him. Not that you... This is not about rewarding him, okay? That doesn't have anything to do with it. It's, it's about setting your roster up for the best success you possibly can have. He's had success within that roster. He does 
what you ask him to do, to your point. He plays a physical brand of basketball. He's gotten much better at taking and making those three-point shots, right? Like trusting that he's a shooter and that, that he'll, he'll be counted on in those moments like that. He's low-key a guy that might end up being the fifth starter for them when they get all their guys back. I don't know. for It might be Tory. It might be Josh Okogie. But, but if you're asking me what do they need, that would be about the only other thing I would say is just another kind of point of attack defender out there because that ain't Terrence Ross. I mean, that that's – and I'll be really curious now Unless that you got, want a point guard. Unless you want a point guard. Unless you don't believe the campaign's going to come back and you're like, I need a point guard. But you know what? You, look at the second quarter last night. I think I put this in my notes. Devin Booker was the point guard. Mm-hmm. When they started the – let me go to my second quarter here. Ish, Landale, TJ, Damian Lee. Devin Booker was your point guard. Yep. When they started the seven, second quarter, he was your point guard. So unless you feel like, hey, we got guys that can handle the ball, I mean, you could run offenses through Durant, for I goodness sake. Look, you've been saying that for two days. I was just going to say, I don't know if the need for a point guard is as strong as it once oh, give was. Give the ball to him. Give the ball to Durant. He yeah. knows what to do with it. Yeah. He'll initiate your offense. He'll get you in the rotations that you need to be in and do the things that you need to do. I don't know if you I don't know if you need that or not. I, I'm going to continue. I know it's easy to say this now because he's had three good games in a row. I'm going to continue to say I think Josh Okogie should be the fifth starter. When I, they when they're remember I, I didn't disagree with I, you. I, I remember I, did I remember not you disagree didn't. with you. I, I think it, you know a, now it helps that he's making baskets, okay? And I understand he'll be a liability out there if he's not. I think with that starting five, there's so much offense out there, you need a guy who's defense first. Give me a Kogi in the starting five. Yeah, but I mean me. he was so valuable scoring last night. He was? He was like he was so good. Um fast break layups and three pointers and like he had a I don't disagree with you that a Koji could could be the guy that ends up starting. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the upside of Jonathan Gannon, he is going to bring the juice. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show.